For over nine decades, Craftsman Tools have been found in toolboxes and garages across the country. After all these years, they finally found their way home to Lowe's. Trusted in the hands of fixers, doers, and weekend warriors, you can be sure you can trust them in your hands, too. Find an ever-growing selection of Craftsman mechanics and power tools, tool storage, and more in-store and online at Lowe's.com. So whatever tool your job demands, Lowe's has just the tool for it. Lowe's, the new home of Craftsman. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. Shows outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high. You'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude. Fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise. It's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great simulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, Rabbi Eric Greenbeck, their family, their friends, and we want this to be the best year ever for all our friends and family and loyal listeners worldwide. Welcome to Joyce, Barry, and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the Hour to Empower, with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. Folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, the magic of miracles, and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. We feel very blessed and humbled today by two extraordinary guests 
First, we have Rabbi Joseph Batasnik, the Executive Vice President of the New York Board of Rabbis, and Rabbi Eric J. Greenberg, a leading interfaith expert, communication and program director, and an international award-winning reporter. They will address anti-Semitism and how it is on the rise yet again. Perhaps it will leave you with the feeling, what can I do? How can I make a difference? To quote Nelson Mandela on Israel and anti-Semitism, this is how I feel about Israel. Again and again, we have to fight anti-Semitism. Again and again, we have to fight hard for its survival. Again and again, we have to fight against all odds, surrounded on all sides by its enemies. Again and again, they are dragged into wars they do not want, while the world blames them for those wars. It is a never-ending battle just for the right to exist. Rabbi Potasnik, let's start with you. Uh, You're right in the forefront. You're right there. You know what's going on. Please share with with us all around the world how serious it is and if there's anything any of us can do to make a difference. Joyce, thank you so much for having me and having Rabbi Greenberg, a close colleague, on as well. Uh, You know, we always try to find some kind of uh, light in the midst of the darkness, and it's very difficult here because we've seen the increase in anti-Semitism. We've seen an increase in, in a lot of hate assaults uh, around the country. It is commonplace to walk by a house of worship here in New York, a Jewish house of worship, and also some of the mosques and some of the churches, and to see police cars stationed out in front. Uh, I remember when I first came to this uh, city uh, some 40 years ago, I didn't see that. Uh, today, if you go by, you don't see a, a police vehicle or a police person there. You say, well, something's wrong, something's missing. So we are living in a very, very difficult time. Um, I can tell you that uh, we are very dismayed, very disheartened that we're still talking about this subject. I'm a child of Holocaust survivors, and the, I have to come on the air and, and talk to you and your audience about a sickness that we had hoped would have been cured after the horrific period of the Holocaust uh, is shocking. Uh, we never stop talking about anti-Semitism. It's like a recurrent theme. Uh, and then you have those in the Muslim community who talk about the increase uh, against Muslims that we've seen, those in the LGBTQ community who talk about you know, their victimization. Uh, you, can, you can go across the board and all the different you know, uh, minority groups uh, have seen uh, a dramatic, dramatic increase. Uh, but anti-Semitism goes to the top of the list in terms of the number of attacks on uh, Jewish institutions, the number of threats. And finally, we saw a cemetery in University City, Missouri, that was desecrated. Um, this is not the America that it should be. Uh, I do want to say that what is heartening are the responses of members of the interfaith communities. Uh, firstly, yesterday, and Rabbi Greenberg and I were present, as well as many other leaders, um, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, issued a very strong statement denouncing and also making certain um, additions to uh, legislation where uh, $25 million is being proposed in additional security needs, where rewards are being uh posted for those who can give information leading to the prosecution, arrest, arrest and prosecution uh, of uh, people who are perpetrating these acts. Uh, so I think the governor should be commended uh, for uh, doing uh, much to combat it. Uh, the mayor of the city has spoken about it. Uh, the president uh, spoke about it last week, condemned anti-Semitism. But it's going to take a real cooperative effort to send a strong message that we are together on this. And one of the things I've I've said to the governor's people as well as to others is we expect elected officials to issue proclamations, pronouncements, that comes with the territory. But I think people also need to see grassroots. 
speaking out forcefully and being seen in a in, in a in a meaningful way. For example, I think now at JCCs, when there are programs, we need to have an interfaith representation there at synagogues, at mosques. Uh, we need to have an interfaith gathering there. In other words, people need to see that this is our problem. It's not just a Jewish problem. I know, you know we're pained by it, but so are others. And I think if we can at least do that, we may not cure the problem, but by caring about the problem, we may diminish it somewhat. And we need to get into the schools. Uh, as you know, when people are apprehended in some of these crimes there, there are 16, 17, sometimes even younger we need to get into the schools. We need to get into places where uh, young people gather to show them that we do work together, that we do, we do respect one another, that this is not um, the way, this is not business as usual. So uh, silence, uh, you know, is a, in Jewish tradition, when you're silent, it means you agree. Uh, we can't have people who close their eyes, don't see the tears, don't hear uh, the voices. So as long as people are strong, there is some hope, but it's, I was talking with Abe Foxman yesterday, who for years led the ADL. I said, in all the years at the ADL and all of the other people involved in, in uh, Jewish defense agencies, we've never found a cure for anti-Semitism. He says, you're right. And he says, I, I kind of give up finding a cure. I just hope I can, I can bring the numbers down. And that's what we try to do, bring them down somewhat. Uh, very, very, it's a shameful, sad story but we're not going to turn our backs. We're not going to, you know, thank, thankfully we have a state of Israel. Thankfully we have proud Jews. Thankfully we have people who are not afraid to stand up and protest. And um, this is a time for, for our community to be as responsive as possible. Look, our history has shown that we're there for others. What I can tell you is right now there are others who stand with us. So we can't say that we're alone in this. We can't say nobody cares. Um, there are people who care, as you probably read the members of the Muslim community raised money for the repair of those stones uh, in Missouri. Uh, so that was a uh, that was a positive statement that uh, we will be there for you, you've been there for us uh, and together we'll make it better, but I wish I could tell you this is the last chapter. Rabbi, I, I just want to say on the heels of what you said, it's not just about the Jews standing up to speak for the Jews. We need the support of everyone. I want to share my favorite quote from Martin Niemöller. He was a prominent Protestant pastor who emerged as an outspoken public foe of Adolf Hitler and spent the last seven years of Nazi rule in concentration camps. This is his quote. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. So on the heels of what you said, I wanted to share that. Yeah, well, what does it, tell, what does it teach us? That... Hatred may start with one group, but doesn't stop with one group. It may start with Jews, it doesn't stop with Jews. Um, so we're seeing a a disease uh, that unfortunately uh, has spread to too many places. Uh, I mean, just imagine you're you're sending your kids to the JCC, you're sending your kids to a Hebrew school, and now there's been a threat. Now there's been a you know a verbal uh, assault, so to speak. One of the leaders of uh, of the uh, JCC in Albany said yesterday, it's hurting people withdrawing. People are saying, look, I'm not going to be a member. I'm not going to send my kids to the program when there is this threat uh, that is hanging, you know, over us. So it, it has an impact, has a serious impact. Uh, but once again, with leadership uh, from the top, with uh, good friends in the grassroots, with clergy working together, with partnerships, uh, we're going to send a strong message, and hopefully that will uh, create more sec security. Uh, in addition to the physical security, you need the kind of emotional security where people feel uh, there are others uh, who care about us. Uh, this is not you know, the way things were when we were all alone. There are others who care, uh, and that's the way it needs to be during this critical period. 
And that's absolutely true, and I can't stress enough, along with you, the importance of other people participating to stop the anti-Semitism. Edmund Burke said the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Of course, I add, and women. And also, he said, nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could do only a little. Voltaire said every man is guilty of all the good he did not do. Back to you, Rabbi. Well, you know, there's a there's a book uh, called Rescue in Denmark, and uh, the author points out the Danes uh, really have a, a stellar record when it comes to uh, rescue of Jews. And after the war, when you ask uh, people, why did you get involved? The response in Denmark was, well, what else could I do? Uh, not what can I do and do nothing, but what else can I do and do something? So I think you're finding uh, across denominational lines, all different faith constituencies, uh, people responding in a very, very positive way, saying, we stand with you. Uh, we're all Jews in this, just as Jews are, we're all Muslims. Uh, when there's been attacks here, uh, we had African-American leadership at the uh, press conference yesterday saying, look, we're not going to remain silent. We know what it is uh, to go through uh, uh, a form of persecution, a form of uh, hatred directed at us. We're standing when it's directed at you. So uh, it, uh, it shows that we have built relationships over the years. Uh, I know sometimes people minimize you know, those building steps that we've taken. They say, ah, you know, what does it matter? You're standing with other people on various occasions. Of course it matters. Uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't be together with others if we didn't do what we did over the years. That uh, some great leaders, we stand on their shoulders. Uh, so I think that uh, we should be proud of the closeness that we enjoy with our interfaith partners. And But that doesn't mean that we're not going to uh, be concerned about what's happening uh, around the country. Very, very... Uh, very, very sad commentary. Here we are. We're so technologically advanced. We're so sophisticated, so progressive, and yet we're talking about anti-Semitism. And then the Internet has contributed to the problem as well. You see the hate materials that are promulgated on various sites. You see the messages that are sent out with impunity. You can say whatever you want. You can uh, you know, speak out against any people, defame people, defame individuals, and get away with it. And by the way, let me not, let me not forget... What we're seeing now is one form of hatred. We've seen this and we see it on campuses. You and I have spoken about what's going on on campuses when uh, speaker after speaker who happens to be pro-Israel or happens to present a contrary point of view than what some people think is uh, their point of view, they're shouted down. They're heckled. Uh, you know, So we can talk about free speech, but free speech to some people only means that you're free to speak when you agree with me. Otherwise, I don't want to hear you, and I won't let you speak. And that seems to be very prevalent with this new administration, very prevalent, unfortunately. But getting into that, we, we've discussed that on prior shows, and there's still so much to be said about what is going on. I just, you know, can't ever forget the two words, never again, never again. But it. This is where it started when it happened the first time in Nazi Germany. This is the seeds of it, where the anti-Semitism, the rhetoric came out, stopped the flow of the presses. It is said that whoever controls the press controls the people. So we all have to take a stand, stand up, and be counted. Well, look at look at the tone. Look at the uh, the the temperature during the presidential campaign. How ugly was that? How many things were said that were, that were so insulting, uh, so demonizing? Uh, you had reporters, many of whom were Jewish, getting hate mail. Anybody who published a story uh, that was seen as being critical of a candidate was, was labeled as a, a traitor. Uh, you know, that kind and of... And a liar. Uh, yeah, a liar, a fake, a phony, whatever, whatever the words are, was demonized. So what happens? You're, you're demonized. That means you're different. Now that you're different, you're now, you know, pushed to the outside. Now that you're on the outside, you don't belong to us. Now we have the right to do with you as we see fit. So 
uh, I think the administration has to look within, seriously look within, and to say, have we done anything to contribute? Has our rhetoric done anything uh, to contribute to the behavior that's going on today? That's a question they should be asking. Uh, I don't hear it being asked, um, but it's a question they should be asking, as every administration should. But what is going on, like you said, the toxic uh, debates and all that went on and how America was made wrong in front of the world, wrong, wrong, wrong on so many counts, so-called judges, all those things, and all we heard was the praise of, of Vladimir Putin. So what's happening now? The world is looking in, listening, and laughing at us. What happened to the respect we had? I've met people from different cultures that came here from different parts of the world. I met a, met a Canadian the other day. I said, what are the Canadians saying? Well, he says they just roll their eyes and shrug their shoulders. All over the world, our closest allies. Look what is happening here. So, yes, we have to stand up and be counted, just like that extraordinary women's march the day after the inauguration all over the world, and believe me, that movement is just starting to unfold. They're not going to sit down and take it. You know, I think there's a time we don't have to, we don't have to yield on prioritized issues. Things that are important to us, we have to fight for and fight against when they're on the other side. At the same time, you try to build coalitions. Look, Trump is the president. Like him, not like him. He's the president. We need him to succeed if we're going to succeed. So we need to forge relationships. We try to do that through the Board of Rabbis, uh, have relationships with members of the administration, and conveying what we think you know, some of the uh, issues that are, should be addressed uh, need to be done by the administration. We do that. Uh, we, we, can't, we can't just say we're only going to talk to a Democratic president but not a Republican. That's dangerous for us, certainly with Israel. I mean, uh, we cannot allow Israel to be a political football. Um, and anti-Semitism, it can't be a political football. It can't just say, well, that's your, you caused this. We, we had nothing to do with it. No, this is a collective responsibility here. Uh, so I, I'm hoping that uh, we will get some cooperation here from the political world uh, standing together and saying we're all in this. This is our battle. That will send a strong message, I think. But... Uh, we will see. Look, we are a people of hope. Uh, we are prisoners of hope in the, in the Jewish people. Uh, that's, that's the nature of who we are. But the fact that we're here today shows that hope has uh, been a very, very uh, constructive ingredient in our history. I think Rabbi Greenberg, I know, I heard him breathing heavily on the other side. I think he wants to say something. Well, just gonna, <clears throat> thank you, Rabbi Potasnik. I was just going to follow up. First of all, it's, it's leaders like uh, Rabbi Potasnik that, that are, are showing us the way forward. Um, uh, something he said before is very important. Uh, the work of, of interfaith, uh, building relations, um, not very sexy. It's, it's usually it's quiet meetings. You, you, you get to know uh, the evangelical community, the Mormons, the, the, the Muslims, the uh, Eastern Orthodox, etc., uh, and you do that over a period of years, and it's very quiet work. You, you build those relationships, um, and in order to get to a point where you are today, where you can, somebody like Rabbi Potasik and, and uh, myself, we could pick up a phone and have uh, the kind of uh, relationship where you can call uh, the head of the church, the head of the, the mosque, and, and have, say, look, we need your help, or they can call you, we need your help. And you don't necessarily want to uh, go for that day, but that day has come. And it's uh, with, with Rabbi Patanzik's leadership uh, that he can pick up a phone and, and get those, those leaders to join together and stand together when there's a problem facing all of us. And, and we're living that now, and it proves because they are responding and we're responding to them. It proves that the work that's been done all these years quietly was worth it. You know, Joyce, um, I think it was a story years ago of a synagogue fire, and a number of people came uh, to be present uh, watching the fire, and somebody from the synagogue turned to them and said, gee, we've never seen you in the synagogue before. And they said, well, there was never a fire before. And there are people you know who are only present when there's a fire. And I think Rabbi Greenberg said it very well, and he's been, he's been in the forefront of, of building coalitions. And that is that... It's what you do the day after, uh, the day after the crisis, because you, 
you know, relationships are continuous. They're not just mo- they're not just these transitory, you know, fleeting moments where you only come together because I need you. You know, there are some people that behave that way. Uh, I know you because I need you. Uh, and when the need is not there, the knowing is not there. We can't have that uh, to to build an effective uh, coalition of concerned who are going to combat. Uh, the hatred, but also join with us on happy occasions. Uh, we've had many celebrations of life where we're there with one another. Uh, so I don't want people to think this is all crisis-driven. Uh, it's commitment-driven, and that's where we need to be. So I think people have to ask themselves, what am I doing to make this better? What is my contribution? Not let the other person do this, and I'll just watch from the sidelines, or I'll wait for the, you know, for the next uh, catastrophe before I appear. So true. And when people don't know the role they can play, uh, Rabbi Potasnik, first you, is there a website? And your website, do you give people options for volunteering and contributions? We, yeah, it's funny because we just, we're just putting up our new website as we speak. Uh, but we have a weekly uh, e-blast. We send out all kinds of notifications. We tell people how to get involved. People call here. We got a call yesterday uh, from uh, someone who said, look, I know this this child abuse issue is very troubling. What can I do? Who can I call? And we give out information. So we're a resource that way. I know Rabbi Greenberg gets calls, for example, on the Syrian refugee issue. Well, give me more information. I want to make an informed decision. Uh, so give me as much information as possible because, you know, if you only read certain blogs or certain uh, stories, you're going to get a very truncated or distorted view of what's going on. You need to get, you know, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Mm. So it's important to have, a, you know, Rabbi Greenberg out there talking about multi-faith alliances and what's the real story. Look, everybody I talk to, for example, on the Syrian refugee issue has made the same point. As long as people are vetted, as long as there, there's some security standards that are maintained, I'm comfortable with it. And uh, I know Rabbi Greenberg has introduced a number of us uh, to a gentleman, for example, who lives in uh, in Michigan, who's a you know former refugee who's making a very positive contribution, not only to his community but to the interfaith community. He's close to people in Israel. Uh, these are stories that need to be told because otherwise, you know, if you're going to allow only one source to tell you, unfortunately, uh, you're not going to hear uh, all the facts. You're going to get a very distorted view because some people have, uh, you know. Uh, a certain point they want to convey, and they'll twist stories to convey that point. So uh, we got to be very careful and be very selective in gathering information and conveying information. Uh, but well, to even, that, to even that, add to that, I mean, there's a story that's out today. Um, Syrian refugees in St. Louis came to help um, the desecrated cemetery. Here are Syrian refugees just coming over, and they they heard about what happened at the Jewish cemetery, and they showed up to try to help. That, that to me, is just an, 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 an amazing story. And it says yeah. a lot about what the people who are coming here, who uh, are, as, as Rabbi Patazic said, are well-vetted, who want to be part of our society, who want to contribute. So, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, good underneath that we need to uh, lift up. Rabbi Potasnik, please tell us your website so people can access it. And I know it's in transition and you're upgrading it. What is that website? Well, it's going to be www.nybr.org, uh, New York Board of Rabbis, www.nybr.org. But if people want to get on our mailing list so they get the weekly blasts, uh, we'd be happy to take that. So just um, you know, send us the and information. And they can do they can that through the website as well? Not yet. They're next week. But they can next week. They can they'll all, have a link to that. Yeah, they can all call you. I would urge people <laughs> around the world call Joyce Barry at any hour. I know Joyce never sleeps, so if it's three, four in the morning, she doesn't mind. Say, just, I'll give everyone your number <laughs> since you don't have it up yet. <laughs> and I, I highly yeah. recommend get, getting the weekly blast. There, there's just really good information in it and a, uh, a Torah portion of the week. Uh, life lessons that you could learn from scripture, so it's it's really well worth it. Yeah. Look, Joyce, Anything what do you do? That I mean, emanates from Rabbi Potashnik and the New York Board of oh Rabbis God. is always well worth it. 
Oh, thank you so much. But Joyce, you do, you know, you're doing God's work by coming on the air, by exposing misinformation, and also by presenting, uh, you know, substantive information. So we all have to do something uh, because otherwise we're just going to look at one another and say, my God, that never again promise was uh, delusional. You know, we, we didn't we didn't know what we said when we said it. Never again has meaning, uh, as you were, and it means it shouldn't happen to any people. Uh, I was talking to uh, a rabbi from a, com- a community uh, where they're majority LGBTQ, and she said, we're under attack. We're getting, you know, and by the way, she said, we didn't choose this. This is who we are. What do they want from us? Uh, if, if, if we're their kids, they may speak differently, but they, they lambast us and they attack us because we're deemed the other. We're deemed different. Well, we are different. So what should, t- tell me what I have to do if I'm different. Should I, should I disguise myself? Uh, find a place for me. I, I, I tell you this, Joyce. From my understanding, the LGBTQ community is not a threat to American society. Not a big threat. I, I think uh, if we look at our prioritized threats, uh, we have people up there uh, who are serious threats and they're not members of that community. So we've we got to be very careful in, in how, we, how we treat the other because uh, just think that if we were on the other side, uh, we, and we were on the other side, how would we want to be treated? Uh, I know the you want to spend some time The golden rule takes in to others exactly. as you what would have others that? do unto you. Rabbi Potashnik, as we're winding down on your part of the show, what message do you want to leave our audience? I think all of us have to use the word we more than I in the sense we have to be in this together. This is a battle, and you don't fight battles alone. You fight them with allies. And thankfully, through the great work, you've had Father McWeeny on, and uh, he does good work at the, you know, the, the Archdiocese. Now you have Rabbi Greenberg. He does great work uh, with uh, so many different communities. We, it's all about building bridges, coalitions, uh, committees, you can't just do it alone. I don't, I don't know any problem in life that you can address alone. Uh, we are to be connected. Uh, the world may have started with creation you know, of one, but then there were two, and then you, know, you have a civilization. Uh, and that's why Jewish tradition, the first page of the Talmud is page two. first letter of the Bible is the second letter of the alphabet. We start with two. Uh, we don't start with one, really. Uh, and I think two, we, us, uh, they have to be commonplace in our vocabulary. And one more thing I'm going to ask of you before we uh, team up with Rabbi Greenberg for the second half, and if he uh, has a generosity of time, we might go a little over if that's okay with him. Because I always love it when you conclude your portion with a prayer. Look, help us recognize that all of us have the same spiritual birth certificate. We are all descendants of Adam and Eve. Let's see each other as equals, as partners, not less than uh, we are, but equal to who we are, and sometimes greater than who we are. And I think if we see each other as members of that human family where there is a place for everyone at the table, we will find ourselves in a better place. Let's continue to expand uh, the arena to open the doors as widely as possible for all to enter together will make this a much better place for all to live. Thank you. Amen. And thank you, Rabbi. It's always a pleasure, a privilege to have you on. We absolutely love you. And I just want to go on record. We have to have you on more often, a lot more often. You know, this is, you know my, uh, my phone just went dead on that one. I just didn't hear that. Thank you so much. You know, you know the old uh, show business line, that never follow children, dogs, or Rabbi Potasnik. Uh, stop, stop. You're, you're, you're in for a treat now, Joyce, with Rabbi oh, my Tr- Tr- trust me yes, on this I one. Know I, that by the way, I have found, interestingly, uh, you know what, Joyce, I have found something very interesting. All of the rabbis uh, that I've encountered named Greenberg are excellent. You know, we've had Sidney Greenberg years ago. We mm, got Yitz no, Greenberg, wrong. right? We got Eric Greenberg. You show me someone named Greenberg, and I'll show you a very good rabbi. It's just, uh, I, it's more than coincidence. So, 
All right. So I don't have it in Greenberg. Brilliant, Rabbi Potasnik. I just want to say you are indeed one of the funniest people I know. I love telling you jokes, and I I love how contemporary you are and all that you bring to the table. And Father Brian is on our show on Monday to speak out against anti-Semitism as well from the point of view of a a pastor, of a priest. How great is that? How great is that, right, the Catholic speech? Catholic speaking out on anti-Semitism. This wasn't the chapter years ago. It's the chapter now. And, and that's we, the we work of... I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, that, you know, we wrote that chapter after much pain, after much persecution, uh, but we wrote it together. Yeah. And that has to be the message. All right, thanks so much. Enjoy Rabbi Greenberg. And Rabbi Greenberg, you try to enjoy Joyce. Thank you. And that's right. about to okay. love, Rabbi. <laughs> thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Rabbi. Bye-bye. Folks, before I bring you to Rabbi Eric Greenberg, uh, it's his first time on our show today. I just want to say if you go to JoyceBarryAndFriends.com and type in uh, Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, uh, on the top right, you can access uh, his prior shows as well. He's been our guest many, many times. Uh, and one more message before Rabbi Greenberg joins us, and that's a message from our health guru. Uh, here's to your health Thursdays. The one and only Beverly Nadler will tell you why it's important and powerful for you to listen to our show every day. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And, folks, we do ask that you partner up with us in that endeavor. Simply go to JoyceBarryAndFriends.com, and on the upper left of the home page, you'll see my picture. And right under that, if you click follow, you will get an email on every show, every guest, every topic. You need not miss any of our special shows, because if you can't join us when we are live at 11 a.m. Eastern, you can access all shows we never Never delete any of them. They are all in our archives 24-7 for your listening pleasure. You can download them. You can share them. You can email them. So 24-7 in our archives, do become a listener and join the many, many hundreds that are uh, very loyal followers of this show. Now, without further ado, let me introduce to you Rabbi Eric Greenberg. He was just uh, referred to us by Rabbi Potasnik. As I said in the intro, if you missed it, he's a leading interfaith expert, communications and program director, and an international award-winning reporter. He had meetings with three Roman Catholic popes, St. John Paul II, Pope Benedict XVI, and Pope Francis. I had asked Rabbi Greenberg for a brief 
bio, and what I got was two pages, single space. So I'm just sharing with you a couple of key points, although I must say that every point was extraordinary. But I do want to share this one in particular. Rabbi Greenberg was a national award-winning investigative newspaper reporter and editor with expertise in environmental and religion reporting, honored by investigative reporters and editors, Society of Professional Journalists, the Washington Journalism Center, the American Jewish Press oh, Association. Oh, you can stop there. No, 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 I, I don't want to. The New York State Press Association. He was awarded two academic fellowships by the Knight Center for Specialized Journalism in Environmental and Religion Reporting and has been inducted in the Communications Hall of Fame at the State University College at Buffalo. The reason I really wanted to share all of that and how important that was in today's day and age, uh, because I wanted to ask you, have you felt the effects, any ramifications from our new president knocking the media, talking about fake news? It's been really difficult on reporters. And so you have all those extraordinary honors. How has it been for you? Well, th- this has been some some uh, life lesson for, for the media. Uh, there's been nothing like it. Um, I used to cover uh, politics. Uh, I worked at the Washington Bureau um, for the New York Daily News years back. Um, and in fact, I know, and, and he's a colleague, the reporter for the New York Times, um, who has a, uh, a physical disability, uh, and we all saw that that tape of uh, uh, the um, uh, Donald Trump uh, as a candidate uh, making fun of that reporter. I don't know if your your listeners or if you if you've seen that tape. Uh, I definitely where, saw it over and over and, again, and, and, and he I is, was mortified. He is a, he is a terrific reporter, an outstanding award-winning reporter, and he has a physical disability. To to mock that um, is was a first um, first sign that there's something off here. Um, to not only you know do that to a reporter, but to do that to to a physically disabled person uh, was quite shocking, um, and that seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, but it was only last year. Um, the the effect of what's going on of, of this, this 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 White House uh, calling the media enemies of the people that that's just um, that's the language of tyrants and I'll quote I'll quote a great senator uh, and a war hero who's also been on the um, receiving end um, of the, of uh, uh, the current president uh, Senator McCain who just the other day said that uh, the an attack on the media such as is happening. Is is uh, is the first step towards tyranny. Um, the the uh, in our democracy, uh, freedom of the press and and is is essential for our democracy to be able to survive and to, and to function well. So um, I do know friends of mine um, who are um, you know in the media reporters who who have been trying to figure out uh, how to cover a White House that has labeled it. Um, an enemy, and uh, there's a lot of um, strategy and, and, and thinking going on as to how uh, the great media outlets like the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Miami Herald and you know USA Today's so on and on, um, as well as radio and TV. Uh, how do you cover with professionalism? Uh, this, which which is essential, you need to keep that professionalism, and you need to to um, to stay with the mission. What is the mission of, of of journalism? It's to get the best obtainable version of the truth, right? I mean, that's when I was a reporter, uh, an investigative reporter. Uh, I, there was no ideology. You went where the facts took you, and if now we're living in an, in a society where uh, there are no facts. Um, how do you proceed? Well, the answer, number one, is there are facts, and, and that has to be made clear uh, to the American people. There are facts. Um, the sun does rise. Uh, the moon, you know, at night comes out. These are facts, and, and we need to get back to, um, you know, reality. Um, but still, it's, it's, being, it's in the process of being figured out to, to uh, get to your point. How? 
you uh, cover this administration when their response to uh, facts are just labeling it as fake news because that's Oh, and they a, came up with the solution. Know, they have alternate alternative facts. How extraordinary is that? How upsetting is that? Uh, it is mind-boggling that, like you said, it happened so long ago with that disabled journalist. To quote Maya Angelou, she said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. That was just the beginning. It seems so long ago because there's so much that took place after that. I printed out 22 pages, single space, of every lie that President Trump said, and then the truth right under it. 22 pages I printed out, and then I printed out about 25 pages, single space, of everyone he disparaged, every tweet about people that he condemned and that he knocked. And the only thing he has something good to say, of course, is about Putin. That's his model. Well, you know, it, it's, uh, I have to tell you, the, the, the Holocaust uh, int- incident of, uh, of last week, uh, I guess it's now two weeks ago, um, where the White House uh, failed to mention Jews yes. during Holocaust Remembrance yes. Day. Yes, um, that was mind-boggling. We, we, we've since learned that uh, actually the word Jews was in there, um, but someone took it out. And that would have been Bannon. And I, um, and I, you know, I can compare this to years ago. I did a story. Um, it was the it was the anniversary of the of the Holocaust, and uh, the, uh, DC Comics, you know, the Superman comic uh, book. Uh, they did a special s- series on having Superman, you know, this is a comic book story, uh, go back in time and try to stop uh, uh, the Holocaust. Um, they they were their intent was was noble. Their intent was was and it was a very well done story. So as a reporter um, who, who covered some of these issues, uh, I read the, I read the stories and I noticed that every time it referred to um, the story referred to Jews, they never used the word Jews. They used those people who Hitler you know was against or some really convoluted construction of uh, in order to avoid it seemed to me saying Jews. So I called up the author, the, the writer, uh, as a reporter, and uh, I, I said, you know, your, your story is wonderful, and let's talk about it, but what happened? Why, is, why do you never use the word Jews? And he said, listen, I have to tell you, um, I did, but the editor took it out, and I opposed it, but the editor of the comic book said, uh, you know, we prevailed. So I wrote the story, and I called the editor, and I said, well, why – why did you take it out? He said, I didn't think it would be appropriate. <laughs> so, so the stories came out, and it became a huge controversy for a few weeks. And the end of the story was that um, the comic book company, uh, uh, DC Comics, which is owned by Warner uh, Communications, apologized and realized that was the wrong thing to do. You, need, you can't have talk about the Holocaust and whitewash uh, that it was uh, a systematic murder of the Jewish people. Here, the reason I tell the story is because they apologized. They realized um, uh, that they, they made a mistake. And like I say, their, their intent to do the story was noble. Here, there was no apology. Here, when it was pointed out that the uh, Jews were, were not uh, erased from the, from the uh, press release, they came up with some excuse, and they defended it. And that's the difference of what's going on here. No we apology. are in very, very scary times. Uh, it is just so startling with everything going on. Like I said, I have like 25 single spaces on every lie that comes out of Trump's mouth. And then the truth right under it, you know, and then with all the people, places, things, institutions he disparaged. Uh, again, what Maya Angelou said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And it is amazing to me that all the Republicans are more interested in their job and not offending Trump than speaking out for their country and their love of country, which is why I thought they all wanted to be in office in the first place. Well, you know, Joyce, you see what's going on around the country with with these town halls, or well, at least the the the, the yes. Republican congressmen who are 
uh, give them credit, are brave enough to actually hold a town hall um, and speak to their constituents. Those who aren't, I call that, uh, I've been calling that, um, you remember John F. Kennedy wrote a book, I believe he won a prize, uh, maybe even a, uh, a Pulitzer Prize for um, Profiles in Courage back, you know, all those yes. years ago. Uh, well, I call these uh, it Profiles in Cowardice. And and we keep seeing this from, from those who, who are even afraid to talk to the people who elected them, who they represent. It's going on all around. Um, but I want to get back. Wait, to wait, some... Rabbi. You said you wrote, you're writing a book on that, or an no, article? No, no, no. I said no. I, I said I refer to it. I refer to it. Someone, someone could write it. In fact, with what you are collecting. Oh, that is an awesome topic. You could write the book called Profiles <laughs> and Cowardice, and and we have an example of that every day for the last year. Um, the term that's being used, you know, is is, is um, uh, party before country. We see that on TV. Uh, that, oh, but that, that would be awesome. I invite you to write. I'm still working well, on my autobiography. <laughs> well, uh, maybe, that we could, would be, maybe we uh, could ask uh, Rabbi Potasnik to help us with it. Um, yes, because that I would promote like crazy, and yeah. and and sh- that is a great title. And to single out who these people are, I just want to refer you folks uh, to two shows. Again, in our archives, January 31, Dr. Bob Rotolo, we did a show called Democracy versus Idiocracy, and that's where we talked about alternative facts and what's going on with that, how they actually came up with that and, and believe it's true and deny everything else. And then on November 8th, we had Chaplain Oscar Smith. We did a great show called Electile Dysfunction. So I want to refer you for folks to those two shows back yeah. to you rabbi so this well, what, whole talk go ahead no i was going to say back to your question about reporting you know uh, i i have a lot of reporters still in, in the in the uh friends who are reporters and, and editors um in the in the media in the newspaper business uh which has seen a a, a wonderful revival in, in the last several months uh subscriptions and uh and, and are up at, the, at both the new york times and the wall, uh, wall street journal and the washington post People are thirsting for uh, vetted, good reporting, which, again, is about getting the best obtainable version of the truth without ideology. And um, I have to tell you that uh, among those friends who are Jewish, they got, um, as Rabbi Potasik referred to, hate mail over the last year. If they wrote a story, a factual story, that was not liked by a Trump supporter, um, if your name was, you know, uh, Joe Schwartz, and you've been a reporter for many years, and you just happened, you would never get a a, um, a letter or hate mail, or now in these days, emails and texts and Twitter tw- tweets and all, um, referring to your your religion or national, you know, it was just unheard of. In the last year, the ADL, where I was the uh, national director for uh, uh, outreach and interfaith for, for many years. Um, the ADL just put out a report uh, several months ago detailing the level of hatred and anti-Semitism coming uh, out against reporters whose names sound Jewish. Now, if you're writing a story, if, if you're writing um, uh, a story about, I don't know, a, a cat stuck in a tree, and you write that story and your name is Jill Levy, uh, why would the, uh, someone attack you be- for your for your religion, if they don't like the story you wrote, it's it's a, it's it's nuts, and here it is happening more than ever over the last year, and it's scary. Yes, and when you said uh, that anti-Semitism, Jewish people wasn't acknowledged at the Holocaust Memorial. Uh, look what you said that uh, President Trump acknowledged what's going on in the last day or two, which he did. But do you know the pressure that went on him? Day after day, they kept saying, why isn't he saying something? So he did it under duress. He didn't do it from the heart. He did it because he was forced to do it. Well, you know, I can't I can't read, you know, uh, uh, there's an old Woody Allen joke about uh, him being in a, in a philosophy <laughs> class and and um, he cheated on the test. He looked into the heart of the, the student next to him. Um, I, I, I can't see what's in his heart, but we do know what what's, he says, and we do know his actions. And the uh, president of the Anne Frank House here, here in New York, um, 
who was um, uh, on the sh- on the uh, TV shows uh, uh, the last couple of days, uh, basically said, yes, it, it, he read from a, um, it's it, too little, too late, and yes, and he read, yes. and he read from a prepared speech that really was not uh, coming from you know uh, his yes his um, usually extemporaneous talk, but yes. on the other hand, now to be you know to be fair. Uh, as the head of the ADL, uh, I believe Jonathan Greenblatt said also uh, yesterday, um, it's a first step. And uh, as Rabbi Potasik said earlier, uh, we do want him to succeed um, because if he succeeds, we succeed. Um, now the question, of course, is succeed in doing what? I think we have to That's be a what little I more was clear thinking. about that. Right. You know? Yes, it's but, exactly what I was thinking. That's what's so scary. You know, but as the ADL said, it's a first step, and we need to encourage. This has to happen uh, on a sustained basis. Needing to speak out, um, and we'll see. I mean, we can only we're in, we're in uncharted waters. And um, the the vigilance. But they're murky out, waters. The problem yeah. is very <laughs> uncharted, murky. Uncharted murky waters. Yes. Uh, the, the one good thing that gives us a little hope is his daughter, Ivanka, converted to Judaism. She's an Orthodox Jew. She's married to someone that's very pro-Israel. And uh, so, you know, there's that hope because he's so tight with her, probably more than his wife, more than anyone. Uh, but as she has said in interviews, yes, she does speak up to him, and he listens when he chooses to and not all the time. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not so sure. I'm. I don't know if government runs. It, it runs that way. Um, so that's why I'm not sure what her title is at this moment. Um, you know, in in the White House. And as you pointed out, um, uh, the, the people in the White House who have the most power, people like Steve Bannon, uh, are you know have a history that that is um, uh, can be verified and checked. And that's that's a very problematic history. So, um, you know, we, we need to be very vigilant about these things, w- which brings us back to, I think, um, you know, what we talked about before. I think Rabbi Potasnik uh, talked about the, 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 the need for allies, the need for people of different faiths and ethnicities, uh, minorities joining together. And we're seeing that. And we're seeing that as, as a, um, uh, a counter uh, point to what's happening in Washington. And it, it's... Um, it's it's very heartening because all the hard work that's been done, uh, I could I could actually report some news to you. I'm, uh, I looked at this a couple of minutes ago. Uh, I've been working in in Queens, New York, putting together an interfaith um, uh, rally. Uh, the borough of Queens in New York is probably the most diverse in in the world. There's 130 different ethnicities, peoples from all over the world, different religions in this in this borough of New York City. And uh, been working with Muslim leaders and Sikh um, and Hindus who are scared. If I tell you, George, they they are. Uh, I've met with them the last few weeks with some of my colleagues. They're scared to walk out to go to the grocery store because of the new immigration um, policies that have been introduced. Uh, they wear their, their hijab and they're afraid to be attacked by by you know white nationalists and, and haters. And we're now putting together a major rally, and today I just got confirmation a few day, a few uh, minutes ago that it's going to happen um, with people of all faiths and all ethnicities coming together and standing up and saying, no, this is not the America we, we, we know or that we want. And I think that these kinds of things gives, give, give us some hope uh, that we can, we can mobilize and unite and, and um, basically – Fight back against against uh, policies that we think are not uh, uh, um, American. Well, I do want to tell you anything like that that you can use the resources of this show for us to promote it to let people know about it. Rabbi, you are always welcome back on this show. You are an well, absolute you. pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, and you know, one thing I want to add, if I could. Um, this is not just America that this is going on. Uh, obviously, if you look around the world, and one thing about uh, traditionally about Americans, uh, don't generally um, uh, look around the world. Uh, you, you know, there's the old joke for those uh, who are um, <laughs> New Yorkers uh, that in New York uh, there's a, 
uh, I think it's an old New Yorker cartoon, that, that anything like sort of across the Hudson River, that's like the rest of America we don't care about. Once, once the boundary of New York is left, uh, nobody cares. Oddly enough, the president of the United States now is from New York. <laughs> So, so it, it's kind of ironic. But what's going on in the world in the conservative, uh, um, the conservative move and the nationalist move, as we see in France and and, and elsewhere, um, it's scary. Uh, and there's there's uh, you know there needs to be uh, more of a global movement as well. And I have to tell you, I was on a, uh, a Middle Eastern TV show yesterday where the um, head of dialogue at uh, Al-Azhar University in Cairo, which is their you know, theological center um, for is- uh, Islam in-, in-, in Egypt, and uh, we talked about anti-Semitism. They were interested in finding out what's going on with the attacks on Jews in America. And the, um, uh, Dr. Zaksuk, who is the, the, um, uh, the head of the center, uh, uh, former minister in Egypt, Said um, this is this is this cannot happen to any religion, and he stood up and said that he will support um, every faith community uh, against these kind of attacks, and and this is something uh, new, and this is positive, and I think that if we can connect the goodwilled faith leaders both um, in the United States and around the world, and which is kind of the kind of work I've been doing, and, and connect us. We have more in common than we do, um, you know, we, we have obviously these political differences and there are, you know, the, some theological differences, but on the whole there's so much more in common that we could talk about that we can do together. I think this is the moment for that. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with us regarding anti-Semitism? You're at the battlefront. You you know what's going on. We know what we hear, what we see. But there's so much unreported. I suspect it's a lot worse than we even know about. Well, you, you know that that's that's you you raise a very good point. Um, what we see, you know, is is uh, often the tip of the iceberg. The um, as a reporter, I remember the. Uh, people may not know this, but you know the FBI does a uh, hate uh, uh, bias crimes or hate crimes uh, um, uh, annual report. And as a reporter years ago, I said, "Oh well, this is interesting. Here's these statistics, and it went up here, and it went down there, and and uh, why?" So you know, the, sometimes the easiest question is just to ask why. And I realized and found out that um, the re- requirement to report is not mandatory it's voluntary so when we see some of these stats at least it was back then when we see some of these statistics as you're you're right it's it it doesn't necessarily represent the full measure of of the incidents that are going on so yes we we need to we need to stay vigilant and we need to stay uh, united and 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 build uh, sustained positive relationships uh, as, as Rabbi Potasnik said earlier, which is the kind of work he's been doing and I've been doing, um, and I think that um, uh, this will be necessary. As Governor, uh, we were both at this event yesterday with Governor Cuomo in New York, who has uh, you know risen to the occasion and, and showed what a leader really does, um, and he, he convened a, um, uh, a conference to discuss what he's going to do in reaction to these the spike in hate, and he said. Um, he doesn't expect this to be a short-term problem. And so uh, we have to be prepared for the long haul. And I think that my message is let's build those relationships. Let's keep them and, and get ready for the long haul. I, I agree with what was said. I, I don't see it as short-term either because it's just popping up all over. And it's just scary. When I started with Nelson Mandela's quote, a never-ending battle just for the right to exist on the part of Israel, and all that is going around, the, the propaganda, the lies around that, of course, it's hand-in-hand hand with the anti-Semitism. So the strong message is it matters not whether you take one step or ten. Just take that first step and do your part on on helping the situation and being a part of the solution no matter what your faith, because if it starts in one place, it 
spreads to the other like a cancer. Absolutely, and and your quote from before was was uh, from Niemöller was uh, um, was right on. So so let's let's continue this uh, this dialogue. Let's continue working together, and um, uh, you know hopefully we'll uh, the moral goodwill people will prevail. And Rabbi, I want to ask of you to please. Uh, say a prayer for all of us. I always have the rabbis and the priests end with a prayer because it's very impactful. Well, on, as, as we uh, uh, enter the, the, the Sabbath in a few hours, uh, obviously I would like to wish a prayer for uh, Sabbath peace for, for all, all your listeners um, and for everyone that there is a moment of reflection or a day of reflection and peace uh, that we can all uh, Take a rest from the the the, um, uh, the what's going to be going on in the world and be able to reflect and renew our energies. I think that's so important, and that we can see in our prayers the dignity in the other. And once we see that, um, we will see, as as Rabbi Potasnik so eloquently said earlier, uh, see that we all are created. Uh, every every religion has uh, uh, an aspect that we were all created uh, by God, and that we should all see. The, the dignity and the humanity in the other, and that will get us on the road to uh, recovery. Very beautifully stated. And, folks, this is my prayer for all of you. May yesterday be the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May today be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories and manifesting marvelous miracles. And folks, we ask you, we invite you to sing along with us, to dance along with us and laugh along with us. And you can do that starting right here right now to the Joyce Barry Mash. God bless you. Amen. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry Mash. I felt so inspired by her show. And her poetry was just so good, you know. I want to listen to Joyce again and again. As Joyce would say, if not now, when? He did the mash. The Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry Mash. Wow. Joyce knows all about having fun. Wow. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. Wow. She's wow. a coaching sensation for not just me or wow. you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Wow. <laughs> wow. Have a fantastic day wow. and listen to Joyce Barry and friends. Wow. <laughs>